It's a Bible Rundown with Rob Lindley and David Cottle. You're here. You're reading the Bible through the year. You're now in Exodus. We are in Exodus. It's a great time to be in Exodus because it's day 21, Exodus 1 through 3 in Matthew 14. David, take it away. So for the next 13 chapters, we're still in Egypt, right? Um, interesting connection here, Rob, that I saw. Moses kind of uses this, if I'll call it anchor words or maybe language, right? But tying us back to garden imagery, just really giving a beautiful symmetry to what God is doing to show us there is a larger story unfolding before us. And so Exodus 1-7, the people of Israel were fruitful, increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. To me, that sounds like they're fulfilling the promise, right? Mm. What what God had given them, Adam and Eve, at the beginning. But... uh, Last thing I want to highlight in chapter one is just the midwives' reaction. I I don't know that we need to say that they were sinning when they did this act against Pharaoh. I think it's actually something that they're commended for, right? They feared God more than they feared man. Mm. So Pharaoh gives this wicked, evil order, representing that he is coming from the seed of the serpent, uh, desiring to kill these Hebrew males. And the midwives go against him, right? They disobey. And so I think for us, there will be times as Christians where governments or authorities will come up. And I think for us, we can use these kind of biblical examples to remind us that we are subjected to them to a limit. And that limit is where God has told us this is the clear right and wrong, and we have to fear God over man. God determines what is life. He creates life, and he also takes it away. We don't have the right to take that away. And so when we talk about sanctity of life, this is a great passage to understand what it means to fear God mm-hmm. in not taking the life of unborn children. Amen. What do you see in chapter 2? Uh, well, chapter 2, we have the birth of an important figure, David. Out of the water comes our man, Moses. And he is the son of a Levi, a Levite man and a Levite woman. And thus, we will have the priestly tribe coming out of the tribe of Levi. As Aaron will be a chief priest, Moses will also be an intercessor between God and man, which we will see as Christ as the ultimate intercessor. But we see here, this baby born, God has a special plan for him. As we also see, this is the first time adoption is mentioned in the Bible as the Egyptian uh, uh, daughter of Pharaoh adopts Hebrew baby Moses. Interesting. It is. And again, language translated differently in probably most of our Bibles, but the word here for the basket that Moses is placed in is in Hebrew, a literal ark Mm. and made out of same materials that Uh, Noah himself built his ark in. And so in the same way that Noah was saved through the waters of judgment against the earth, Moses put into the same waters that Pharaoh is trying to drown these other babies in are actually the source of his salvation. But we know the story. Moses strikes this Egyptian, uh, flees for fear, goes to the land of Midian, gets married, and all of a sudden, he goes to Mount Horeb. What happens in chapter 3? God is is producing all these things. He hears the cries 
of his people. He hears our cries, David, when we cry to him as God's people. And he produces and he reveals himself to this Moses character in the burning bush. Going back to the Garden of Eden, the tree of life, there's a tree here and it's burning. It's on fire, but it's not being burned. The tree, that, the bush that burns, that is not being burned. And that, and that literal bush is probably more like a tree. And so we see even the garden imagery is God himself coming down on Mount Sinai, which will be a key place because God again will visit Uh, Moses and God's people on Mount Sinai, in which they will give the law. It is the dwelling place of God, in which will become the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. So the mountain of the Lord now is coming down from heaven to earth to dwell with man. And he's declaring his name to Moses. Tell us about that name that he declares. I am who I am, right? And it's it's a slight variation on the first person, eh, Yay, Yahweh, right? Yeah, yeah. But becomes Jehovah, Yahweh, Yahweh. right? And so um, God is... The one who exists in Hebrew, literally translated, has no beginning and no end. And and you would think Moses would be like, okay, this is God. Let's go. But no, we see some hesitancy. We're going to talk more about that in chapter 4 tomorrow, how God meets Moses with his hesitancies. Um but I think that that's a good summary, just where we're going to end up in, in 1 through 3. Yeah, and God will do great miracles, but the declaration of his name, I am who I am, we'll see that in Scripture later with Jesus who declares I am uh, many times throughout the text of John. I am the, I am the light of the world. I am uh, the good shepherd. I am, you know, all of these. Mm-hmm. I am the gate. I am all these things. And then he declares... Uh, when when he's confronted by the Roman soldiers, he's, he declares, I am, as a statement of ego a me, which is, I am, I am God, I am Yahweh. So this will be an interesting text that we'll look at. Matthew 14, we got to go there. What do you see there? Yeah, so real quick, my two observations. Speaking of the Exodus, I, I see these miracles of Jesus tying back to signs from the Old Testament Mm. to show that he was with Israel during the Mm. Exodus. And so feeding of the 5,000, to me that recalls when the Israelites get in the wilderness and they're hungry and they complain to God, God provides manna, so he gives them bread. I am the bread of life. And he is the bread of life. And then I think the next one, instead of parting the water for dry land so that he can, he just walks upon it, Rob. Mm. He doesn't even need to part it. But again, Jesus showing his authority over creation. What do you see in 14? I, you know, it stuck out to me was uh, verse 36 or 35 and 36. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all the region and brought to him all who were sick, implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I just see this picture of, People who are sick, who are who who are are destitute, who have no hope, are being brought healing and hope through the power of Christ, and I see that in our church today. So I hope hope we as a church will will see people in need and see people who are hurting, sick, uh, and and point them to the to the to the great healer who will provide for them um, what they need in forgiveness of sins, making them clean in the sight of God, and giving them hope for eternal life. Amen. Well, that's Bible Rundown for today. We'll see you tomorrow.